Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Napolitan. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're gonna be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life. More business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. And today I have a special guest, Michelle Masters, uh, one of good friends and someone that made a huge impact in my life. And today we're going to talk about how you can dream again. You can have, uh, well, you can always have dreamed, but we're going to invoke you to dream more now and think about the things that maybe you think are hard or not possible. What are the ways that we've been able to do that? Michelle's been able to directly help me, and now I want her to share some of the stories with her. So Michelle, thanks for being on the show today. A pleasure, Steve. I will talk to you anytime. Well, I appreciate that. I, I, I just have to first start with, um, you know, when I met Michelle, just so everyone knows, it's been, I don't even know, it was, it was like, oh, nine, 2009, somewhere in there, but made such an impact on my life. Um, because of, you know, your background around neurolinguistics programming. And I came from a thing where I thought, oh, this is the way life is. And, you know, this is tough and all these things. And, and that's one of the biggest reasons I wanted you on this show, because, you know, you're one of the key people in my life that, that transitioned me away from that thinking, you know, and that we can choose our life and we can make things different. And, and I know so many people probably listening to this, they might be in that place. Like, oh, this is the way it is. And, and or they don't even know. They just think, oh, life's not good and I don't know why and I don't know what to do about it. So, you know, I know you and I could talk about it for hours, but I think we can make something powerful. And I just want to express my gratitude because I wouldn't even be making this podcast right now if it wasn't for all, all of our time together. So I, I super duper appreciate you. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Steve. It's been so lovely to watch. Cause as if I, uh, so lovely to watch. I'll just stop there because I could talk for hours just about how, how how lovely it's been to see what you've gone through. Well, I appreciate. It. Maybe that'll come up through the conversation. But you know, I, you know, I, I, as I look at you and all the things I've learned from you, it's just like the choice. And even like our last conversation, we were talking about possibility. Like mm-hmm. you know, the fact that there's so much possibility. I mean, now more than ever on this planet, yes, we have more choices. Um, and you've really embraced that. So maybe, maybe can you share like how, how those two things like choice and possibility have impacted your life or like in the present moment, like how you use that in a daily basis? Well, yeah. I mean, this is the thing that I most want people to know is you actually do have a choice. And when I say you have a choice, I don't mean, yeah, you can choose to work hard and get yourself out of wherever you are. I mean, you actually have a choice about what your life can be like. Like so many people work way too hard for way too little. So many people are doing things they think they have to do either to get by or to make money, which this thing about you have to work hard to make money. How many people do you know working their buns off who aren't making any money? Right. It happens. And, And there are people all over the place with a bunch of money who aren't working that hard. That too. <laughs> if, if hard work actually made you money, social workers would be the 1%, right? Right, right. So it's, it's not about hard work. And it's not about even having to be smart. I mean, there are broke geniuses all over the planet. 
And there are people with a bunch of money who frankly are not going to win any Mensa awards. It's like, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to invent the next best, the next big thing. You can actually have a really good life in a way that makes you happy. And we have just not been taught that. We've been taught you have to sacrifice and work hard. Yeah, not at all. And you know, you, yeah, it's like the complete opposite. And I think, you know, you look around the world, it's different, right? Different cultures have different beliefs around all these things. But you look at a lot of the United States um, where we live, you know, you have many immigrants. And I, I look at my family and you know it all too well, Michelle, because you've worked with me so long. But, you know, Italian immigrants and then it was like they came with nothing. And and then, you know, part of what I say is like, how do these beliefs get so intertwined? Well, one, there's like these family things that happen and you have the systemic patterning. But then I think also part of it worked. Right. They came, they worked really hard. And then they're like, look, we have a house now, like we have money for food. And so part of it is also that that thing of a result. I know it goes deeper than that. You and I both know. But, you know, I look at some people, it's like, oh, well, that does work. I mean, it's not about working or wrong or right. Like all these things you were saying, there's no wrong or right in it. There's no like, oh, it doesn't work or it does work. All work, again, it comes back to choice. We can choose now, especially now with even more options. And even then, they probably had more choices than than we saw. But many of us, we just follow that one thing that oh, our family's always done it this way. Whether that's conscious or not, that's a whole other conversation, right? Right, right. It, it's um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and if you have the belief that you have to work hard to make money, then you will have to work hard to make money. Plain and simple, right? I mean, yeah. that's where. You know, simple little lines that I read when I was younger, like from Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, which everyone talks about that book. But it says whatever the mind can conceive and believe, and that's the part, then it can achieve. Right. And it's in that. Right. You have to conceive it. You have to believe it and you have to achieve it. And and um, now looking at that with all that we know, it's like, oh, wow, if you actually follow those steps, then, yeah, no problem. You can have whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. And it really helps if you can get the, because we tend to think of our beliefs as conscious things that we were doing consciously. And actually most of the things that are in our way, we're not even aware are running and they're running automatically. And so if you can get those revised, those kind of automatic messages that are like reflexes running 24 hours a day, you have to work hard. You have to sacrifice. You have to work hard. You can't do money. doesn't go on trees, all that. If you can get those revised, to something else running automatically, something more life affirming or more like what you want, then it's so much easier, so much easier. And that's, I just want to give credit to you. That's what you helped me with, like doing a lot of these revisions in, in my life. And I guess, so let's take a moment to go back because obviously you didn't have all these skills from day one coming out of the womb and we all have our, <laughs> we all have, but maybe it was like on path with where you're supposed to go or, you know, whatever we can talk about those directions. But I'm just curious, you know, with all this you have now and you're, and you have the life that you're choosing and you're constantly choosing and making the next steps in your life. But, you know, um, I guess just very directly, it, it wasn't always this way for you, right? right. Oh Is that no! True? I mean, or... I was a I was fairly miserable as a as a teen and as a, a kid, and um, I you know I just I had no sense of worth. I had an achievement problem, you know, the way that some people have a drinking problem, like that, like and for the same reason, I just I had no sense of worth beyond what I could achieve, and so 
Um, I realized it one day when uh, my best friend, I was 16, and she said, you know, if there was a fire, or as 17, she said, and you had, you know, you had five minutes, what would you grab to take out of the house? And I said, oh, you know, my trophies and medals. I had a, I had a bunch of them. And she looked at me and I thought, oh yeah, that's not good. Like that's kind of messed up. Even at 17, I'm like, oh, that is not right. Um, but it was a long time. Before, so I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know really what to do about it. It wasn't until I actually found these tools, the tools that I now use and teach, um, that actually that stuff got shifted for me. And, and what it just, if we could slow down time for a moment, like what was the moment that these things came into your, into your awareness? Like, I mean, so you're going along and you know, some, I don't know, was it through your twenties, thirties, and then all of a sudden you met someone or like what triggered you to be curious about this work and these, these tools? Um, well, I had done a lot of exploring and lived a lot of places and was really trying to um, to try to find work that was meaningful for me. And um, I had kind of run out of money and somebody um, somebody said to me, you should go to, they're doing this free seminar. You should go and I'll go anywhere. They're going to teach me something interesting, you know, for free. Yeah. And there was, this, there was this enormous room, cavernous room that these guys had rented out. And they were locked out when I got there. I happened to have a key, so I let them in. And there was me and one other person. Enormous room. And so they were kind of waiting around, hoping anybody else would show up, you know, besides the two of us. And so while they were waiting, I kind of looked at the brochure and I saw the price for the training. And I thought it was like $2,400 for this eight months training. And at the time I thought, well, I got no money. I, you know, there's not a, no way I can do this. So I was going to leave because I didn't want to get their hopes up. And the yeah. other person, she said, don't leave, please don't leave. <laughs> don't <laughs> be leave. the only person there. Yeah. And within half an hour of them starting this three hour presentation, I knew, and it was just us two, nobody else ever came. But within half an hour, I'm like, oh, this is what, this is it. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. And I have found when I really want to do something, there's always a way. And so I told the guy, the uh, director that, and he said, you don't happen to have a, uh, a video camera, do you? I said, I have a professional grade video camera. Why? So we made a deal. And you shot the videos for their course? Yeah, for or their course and the next one. And, um, and then I began, I began assisting even before I was done. It came really natural. It felt like remembering more than learning to me. It felt like I was remembering something I already knew. So um, they had me assisting even before I was done um, taking the classes. It's funny. That's where the congruence with ourself and doing what we're meant to do, you know, just a sidestep for one second, because you also know my wife, Jen. And when I first had a family constellation, which is the systemic patterning Bert Hellinger made famous. And I know that was your teacher, Michelle. And he, uh, when I first had a constellation, then I had no idea um, because another one of our mutual friends, Jeffrey Slater said, you need to go do this. And I'm like, okay. Cause he had already helped me. So I showed up, I had no idea what was going to happen. And, um, for the, and I can't, you know, it's, you know, it's a, not the easiest thing to explain. So I have this happen to me. I have an emotional response. I, um, I go home and I tell my wife, Oh my gosh, you have to see this constellation thing. Like, you know, and you know, the, you know I just had this amazing experience. And then she said, Oh yeah, I want to do that. And I said, oh, you should get it. You should have a constellation. She said, no, I don't want to have a constellation. I want to do that. And I didn't even fully explain it to her. Mm -hmm. And now she's done that. And actually, you've trained her, Michelle. And so 
and she uh, loves it. That's what she wants to do the rest of her life is facilitate constellations between right now. It's heavy with our children, raising our children. But as they grow older, I know that's her main mm -hmm. thing is helping people with constellations. And she loves the genealogy and like looking at the background and the history like you do mm -hmm. as well, Michelle. So it's amazing. I'm bringing this all back because and this is, you know, why I told this story, too. And I felt, you know, here we're taking some time on the show on this. But it's those feelings that so many people I see ignore, you know, like you had that feeling and so did my wife, Jen. And then we could have said, oh, but I, I didn't learn that now and I'm older. So, you know, uh, you know, I better just keep doing what I'm doing, you know, and, you know, I, we don't talk about feelings so much because it's harder. There's no words for it, you know. So I think when we get into our logic, we don't know the words for it. So then we're like, oh, you know, this or that, can, you know, you obviously are a person I know that you trust those feelings. So maybe can you speak to that like was it always that way for you or when did you notice that you could trust or or notice those feelings or, and say yeah that's what i should do <sighs> i know that was a big one that's a but, huge question yeah i mean because it was always that way do you, or i guess let's make break it down into simple questions has this been from an early age that you trusted that inner voice or gosh in some sense, there's there's been this strong inner guidance. And then for all those years, though, there was this, um, you know, horrible self-doubt, like I felt fatally flawed. Um, so they were both present. And it was while I was learning the NLP, which I recognized it when I saw it. So my work is a combination of NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming and family constellation work, the Bert Hellinger kind, and um, matrix, matrix energetics, which is a quantum way of working, and some other things. When I was learning the NLP, I had a lot of work done on me, and Carl Buchheit worked on me because he pointed out it's like the, that I felt fatally flawed. And I did. I just felt like there was just something intrinsically wrong with me. And uh, through the work he did with me, that got, that started to shift. And so then there was a lot less in the way between, you know, my heart and, um, and my head. They were, they were starting to get on the same team. Yeah, that's it. It's like an alignment because yeah. you had that strong calling, but then the part of your head was like, you know, oh, you're fatally flawed. So then it, it you know, who knows whatever came after that, you know, like for me, like, you know, sometimes those moments would be like, why bother when I'm like, oh yeah, you know, um, or whatever it is for, for me. I mean, obviously it'd be different for you, but obviously that causes this, you know, conflict and that comes back to what I learned about the subconscious mind. It goes like to affirmations, why so many people like will look in the mirror and say, I'm strong or I'm wealthy. And then the rest of the day, their thoughts are all like, not the same, the opposite, right? And right. it's and then the subconscious is like feeding off of the 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 thought that has the most power. I guess you could say it might not be the exact words, but the one that is more prevalent than the other. Yeah, um, if you have a belief that you're you're unworthy or you're you know not enough, those are that's incredibly common. If you have that belief, um, it's running 24 hours a day. It's like on a automatic recorder is just broadcasting that signal if you spend 15 minutes in your mirror saying i am okay i am enough it doesn't stop the 24-hour day broadcast from the belief system you know for a while it might even out some of the noise but it doesn't stop it so it's when when you can track down those things that your system is just broadcasting automatically 
unconsciously 24 hours a day and change those to things, then you actually don't even need to do an affirmation. We only do affirmations for things we don't actually believe. Because if you believed it, you wouldn't need to do a damn affirmation, right? Right. Um, <laughs> and so anytime somebody's doing an affirmation, we know it's something they don't believe, at least not yet. And they're, they're, it's, it's not that it's, it doesn't work, but it, it's the long way around. It's like if you got one of those recordings on the phone, you know, you have reached an, an invalid number and you're trying to affirm, no, the, the number's valid, the number's valid, but you've got a recording. It's not going to respond to you. We have those recordings. And so getting those changed makes such a difference. So that, this is beautiful. And I think so many people have questions. So I just want to back up just because of curiosity. So you're just wanting to learn. You're, you, so there's some part of that I would assume is your inner guidance. It was looking for more, right? So you keep, you're consuming, you're trying to find, and you're looking for meaningful work because you want to do something that's meaningful. But then, and, and I just got curious because you said you had the keys. So these people are putting on the event. So did you find out the event was there because you were uh, working at that facility or something? Or how, how did that work? Um, I was on the board at the time of the Santa Rosa uh, Church of Religious Science, which is sort of, it's a, it's a, it's change your thoughts, change your life. It's actually very similar to the work I do now. Okay. And um, so I was on the board and my position, I got tricked a little bit onto being on the board. Um, and so, but, so I had keys to the building. Yeah. Got it. So that there you are. That's so funny though. I, I just have to say, I mean, coincidences are not, and I don't yeah. believe in coincidences at this point, but there you are. You're like opening the door for the mm -hmm. event. That's going to change your life. Like yeah. literally, like you have the key to make <laughs> the conference happen. Right. Right. <laughs> How wild is that? So then you go in and then you know right away and then you're able to afford it because all the things, and this goes back to something you and I talk about offline. Maybe we should talk about that now in this podcast so everyone else can hear it, but that when you're in flow, like people use different words like flow or in the right. And I, that's, this is where the feelings come back. Once I noticed that I could trust my feelings, mm -hmm. then I noticed that I was on the right. And I always use it as like a railroad. Like when, you know, when you think of trains, you know, they're made to be on the rails. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you take a train and you put it in dirt or anything <laughs> else, right. Even on grass or whatever, or it's just not going to go as easy. You could do everything. You could have trucks and try to pull it through. It's going to be a big pain in the ass. But if you put them on the rail, it's like, woo, smooth. And I've noticed in my life now, when I listen to that inner voice or whatever you want to call it, the feelings, and it doesn't mm -hmm. always come with words, but it's like, that just feels right. It feels mm -hmm. good. And I go with that then it's been smoother instead of that no pain, no gain. Cause I used to get caught in that. I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, this is really hard, but I just got to muscle through it. And, um, and I'm just bringing that back to your story because it was easy. You just opened the door, you sat there, there was two of you, then I don't have the money for this. Then all of a sudden you were able to do a work trade. It's like everything came smooth, but I yeah. just want to talk about that. Cause you know, that probably didn't always happen in your life either. But as you became more aware of this, you're able to go on the rails instead of going through the dirt, right? Well, my motto is more no pain, no problem. You know, I'm not, I'm not a no pain, no gain kind of gal anymore. And, um, but what, what I had on this one was clarity. And clarity is an astonishing thing. Like clarity, and when you're clear on what you want, like half the work is done. And a lot of people aren't clear. As a lot of the work I end up doing with people is helping them get clear because quite often what happens is what they have done is come up with what they think they need to do or be 
in order for something and something to happen so something can happen and then they can maybe have what they want right it's been what they want has been lost under this sea of what they're supposed to do or how you're supposed to do it or what it has to look like etc cetera, etc cetera. and so helping people get clear on what they really want that's a big deal because it de- really it's half the battle. Once you're clear, then it's just logistics. And when you're clear, it's amazing how those logistics get handled for you. It just comes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the universe is at your, has got your back. It's quite amazing. So continuing and thank you for sharing all this and continuing on your story then. So you start learning about neurolinguistics program. It starts opening doors for you. So then, you know, how quickly i guess in that you said clarity came quickly and then you became natural at learning this so i guess it was kind of fast it just all moved quickly or or what happened after after that um yeah i mean I, like i said i was working for them before i was even done taking the trainings um and so i when i finished uh the trainings i started teaching other places as well as working for them like making up my own classes and working with clients and at the time um, like money was not a big, was never a big motivator for me. What I, what was, was time. And so I would try to figure, keep my expenses as low as possible so that I wouldn't have to work too much. So I'd have time, time to think. And then in 2006, our executive director, Denny McGinnis, she asked if I'd be willing to create a two day workshop around money. Now, like I said, I had no interest or relationship in money, but I was like so excited to be given a workshop. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, let's go. And then I'm like, oh, gosh, I know nothing about money. So what I did know, though, was I knew a lot about change. So I decided to play to my strengths and I designed this workshop, which was all these NLP techniques, change techniques applied to money. And I put myself through them to make sure, you know, before I put anybody else through the class, I wanted to make sure that these wouldn't cause any, you know, unsightly blemishes or bloating. So I tried it all out on me. And um, funnily enough, through doing the course and teaching the course and doing this stuff on me, like my relationship to money shifted. And I can now really appreciate it for the blessing that it is because it's a blessing. It's one of the ways the universe wants to love us. And so I can accept that blessing now, especially because, you know, I don't have to sacrifice or kill myself for money to come because we don't have to do that. But that was an interesting turn. Like I always wanted to teach a spiritual class and what I was given was a money class. And it's turned out to be the most spiritual thing I do. (laughs) (laughs) It's so tied. I mean, you know, money can be tied to identity and so many things and even like you know in today's day and age a lot of people say oh what's your net worth and like your whole self-worth comes back to that money yep and so it's hard to break it apart from that spiritual thing but then like you said it is that blessing because you know i've always said money's like a unit of choice so if you have more units you can make you know more choices but that's not even necessarily true as i say that out loud with you it's like you have choice but money just makes uh especially the way that we work in the today's economy you know whatever that word is because money doesn't have to be money it could be things you know like i even had one uh, coach that i would meet here and there at different speaking engagements and he always said he wanted to make a million a year and then one time we got talking a little deeper and he was telling me how he worked with this client and he was all over the world he's like in south africa and then sydney and he's like on yachts and having all this wonderful time with all these clients and then he goes oh 
but I still didn't make a million a year. And I was like, oh, that's you know, okay. Sorry to hear that. I was like, I'm just curious if you make a million a year, what will having that do for you? That's like a magical NLP question, by the way. What will having that do for you? And he goes, well, I'd probably travel and maybe go on yachts and da da da. And he's saying all this stuff. And I was like, well, wait, uh, time out. I just have to bring this up. Like, didn't you say that's what you did this year? And then all of a sudden, it's like complete. He just saw it in his eyes and he's like, oh my gosh, you're right. And yeah. I said, so is it possible maybe that you don't have to have a million dollars come in every year and you can have what you want? And then he realized. So even as we're talking about money, it doesn't mean that, you know, that's where I think goes back to the clarity. Mm -hmm. If you think, oh, I have to have a million dollars and then I'll have what I want. That's not it. Like, you know, you want to figure out what you want and mm -hmm. then whatever amount of money and it might not even be money. Something might come to you. Someone might give you. Oh, guess what? You had this family member that no one knew about. and he, They just gave you this house. Right. You know, like all kinds of stuff will happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And yeah. how quickly did that all start happening? I mean, was it really fast for you or was it over like five years, 10 years that this started to become really clear and just flow for you? Like how fast did it work? The first couple of years, I still wasn't sure. And actually, here's what happened, because that was 2006 when I the first time I delivered that class. And so then we did it again the next year. And then the next, and we had we weren't doing it more than once a year at that point. But then after two or three times, right around the time, we started doing it more often because it was gaining popularity and I was getting more comfortable in it. Right around the time that, you know, the market, 2008, the markets went all to, um, they well, my, my Australian clients would refer to the GFC all the time. And I'm like, what the heck's the GFC? And they said, oh, the global financial crisis. And I said, oh, yeah. it probably should have been GCF, right? Global cluster fiasco. Yes. But <laughs> the interesting thing about that was that didn't affect my income. Like that whole thing that took so many people down, I'd already been doing this work. And so it was an event kind of like right now there's big world events going on, but like they don't have to take derail your life. And, and yeah, as we're recording this, we're going through one right now and, and it is a lot of choice and I've been reflecting. And since you brought up 08, you know, that was right around the time that I met you and I started working on myself. And like you said, it takes like a few years to like work on some of these beliefs and you even know mine, mine like some of them run pretty deep, you know, and you keep working on them and you have to really want the change. So I even asked myself, like, where am I holding back myself from this change? But ultimately from 08, I like held on with a thread for like four years and then in 2012 if you remember i got that opportunity to go to australia and then it crashed everything but you know the interesting thing in the back of my mind i do remember because there's this coach uh robert allen he's probably still around but i haven't seen him on anything but um his story is is that he used to always say put me in any country with no money even if i don't speak the language and i'll start a business in one week and then he kept saying that he would say it all the time and then people called him on it they're like okay let's test it out big shot and so then he did it they actually put him in a country he didn't speak the language no money and in one week he started a business <laughs> and he, he he did it and so then i would always say wow that's fascinating how uh, I wonder what would happen if I lost everything and I don't even and see how did I even do it I didn't say oh can I play a game like him like he had a game they put him there obviously someone's going to take him out of there if something didn't work out right I actually turned that in in my own words and this goes back to the things that were already patterned in my brain as we're talking about it. but I said I wonder what would happen if I lost everything and then guess what I did in 2012, I held on with the shoestring and then I got this opportunity in Australia that I thought was going to fill my coffers back up, but then it actually crashed it all the way. And you know what? I sit here grateful mm. because 
it was a massive change in my life. I wouldn't be here with you right now if I didn't go through it. And part of it I went through with you, and I'm so grateful you're in my life during that time. And I built what I'm teaching now. Now, right now, like literally today, I was teaching people what I went through in that moment and what I did. And now I'm helping people go through what's happening now. Because, you know, in about every eight or 10 years, this is going to happen. And we can all make a choice. Like, do we, you know... um, Mm -hmm. So what would you say to people out there that are going through a crisis, whether they're in like a global crisis or it's their own personal crisis? Because these things happen all the time. It doesn't mean if the economy is bad or good. What, what what can they start to do? Like what are the, the small steps if we give anybody any inroads? Like how can they start thinking differently? Well, the hard part about that is usually when people say what can people do, what they want is some conscious tools that they can do. Right. And most of the stuff that's stuck is usually not conscious. That's the hard part about that. Um, and this and is I, not a promotion. And I agree. And this is, and not this a, is a good conversation, though. So, yeah, yeah keep going. This keep is going. not a promotion at all, but this is part of why I wrote my, my book is to put some tools in there because I would get asked all the time, you know, what can we do? Um, not everybody can go see somebody like you or me, or, you know, or take a program. So I put some tools in there. But the best thing is if you can get hold of some really high quality tools to change the unconscious beliefs you have to access the parts of the brain that were developed developing when the beliefs got laid down so deciding at 35 you want to believe something different doesn't change the beliefs from when you were like three or four years old so when you're in the middle of a crisis first thing breathe breathing always good right oxygen's your friend the second is we want you to at least know that experience the things that happen they don't happen out of the blue they sometimes seem like they happen out of the blue but they will have been in the making for a while which means you can change what's going to what the next thing is that's going to come out of the blue one of the things i hear from people all the time after they take my workshop is like out of the blue like i got a raise out of the blue i got this new contract out of the blue this this company called me and you know gave me my dream job because they changed the beliefs that were running, the stuff that showed up was different. It never actually comes out of the blue, but that's what it feels like when it actually shows up. It feels like, where did this come from? So we actually can get to have a lot more of the stuff we want start to show up out of the blue instead of the stuff that we don't. And not all crises, you know, are bad. Like when I started the NLP training, I was going, that was my lost everything, kind of, I, you know, I had no money, I was living on a friend's porch, I had, my relationship was blowing up, and as the guy who was working, who taught me and who was working on me said, he said, yeah, you kind of stripped your life down to the wood, right? Like if you're refurnishing yeah. furniture. Absolutely agree. Yeah. And, um, and I was, uh, I was what, 32? And so it, it was really a good time to actually start to change things and to start to build the life that I wanted, which meant I had to get clear on what I wanted, right? So um, those old structures kind of needed to come down. You know, sometimes you can remodel a building and sometimes it just helps to take the building down and put in a whole new foundation. Yeah, and I guess that's what ended up allowing me to do that. And it was from that point, I built the best business in my life that's actually you know, brought the life that I have now. And it is so different. And I do think if I would have started to piecemeal my old business and my old thinking, 
it would have been a long remodel. It would have been like, oh, your kitchen's still not done. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. not done. Yeah, just work around the wood. You know, mm -hmm. we're we're still trying to cook here. You're right. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It, um, I can relate to what you're saying. And you know, the interesting thing is the parallels because I think it was 31 when I met you somewhere mm -hmm. right in there too. Yeah. So yeah, it's I actually find it's easiest to work with people 30 and over because people in their 20s, um, they're not they're still kind of running off the steam from childhood. They haven't really, it's actually much easier to work with people thirties and older. They have more of a sense of who they are, more of a sense of what they want. That's actually what they want. You yeah. get kind of a pass in your twenties and uh, but your thirties is an amazing time to actually start to build a foundation and a life. It's interesting you say that because I did have a wild ride in my 20s and even more money, mm -hmm. but I, then I lost that like $4 million. I produced two feature films and built this company from the outside. Everyone's like, oh, this is great. But then in the back, I was stressed. You know, I had like my worst health by the end of my 20s going into my early 30s. I was overweight. Like, you know, everything mm -hmm. else is crumbling around for me personally. You know, it's so like, so it was like a wave. Um, but yeah, I think probably for me just my own personality i think i rode things a little hard so i think that's what <laughs> even had it collapse right like so even if you are on some sticks and your foundation's not so good then you know if you bounce around in your house it's liable to fall down, <laughs> fall down. <laughs> so um well i and i appreciate you sharing this because i think it's so important that we share our story you know some people think oh just you know like especially as teachers they're like just get to the lesson but you know, I found that it's in these stories that they, everyone can relate because we're just humans going through the same experience, trying to figure this out. And so I do appreciate you, you know, sharing, sharing your, your story. And I do agree. I want to plug that, you know, the work that you do. And, and now I've followed the same thing. Like I learned all, cause when you have something change your life so much, it's not for everyone, but some of us are going to be like, Oh, I want to know how to do that. I want to help more people. And so I've done, you know, a uh, similar thing in different ways, but we've uh, both learned these tools. But the fact is it's really hard to do it for yourself. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, it's hard to cut the back of your hair. I know yeah. a few people that can do it, but mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, I, I've never tried. <laughs> I think of it as it, it doesn't matter if you're the world's best brain surgeon. If you need brain surgery, you probably want somebody else to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good idea. <laughs> to, good yeah. idea. Especially if you're under sedation, yeah. you're like a little, you know, well, you're blind Ooh. to your own blind spots. You know, that's the thing. You can't see your core beliefs. You can't see. They look to you like just the way life is. It takes somebody on the outside who doesn't have those beliefs who can go, um, excuse me, pardon me. <laughs> just notice um, you seem to have a belief that, you know, like you're not enough or you have to work harder or you're not you don't deserve that much or, you know, that people yeah. won't like you or you have to be a bad person. You seem to think you have to be a bad person if you want money. So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just want to have an expression of gratitude right now for Pro Audio Voices. They're the ones that uh, produce my podcast and Becky and her team are amazing. And for those of you that know me, I'm all about WOW clients, WOW partners and Pro Audio Voices is a WOW partner for me. And if you want to learn more, you can go to ProAudioVoices.com and you can learn about them. They also do audiobooks and they're just amazing people. Thank you, Becky. I don't know who said this to me, 
Um, but it was somewhere. This is where Giovanni comes in because I always say this. This is how the sentences start. I'm like, I don't know who this was, but then he'll look it up and find <laughs> it. But um, someone said that uh, the funny thing about being human is that we're in this box. And, you know, some people think I think outside the box and all that, but it has nothing to do with that. It's just imagine that your life's inside of a box. And then the tricky part is your own personal operating system is on the outside of the box. Yeah. So you can't, you can't see the, yeah. the instructions. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's what I loved this work because it was like finally getting an instruction manual for, for being human. Right. And understanding, oh, look, this is fear. This is not actually about what's going on. This is about a part of the brain that only knows how to respond this way um, that just took over and starting to get that rewired so that you can have the part of your brain in charge that ought to be in charge at the times it should be in charge instead of getting suddenly pulled into being two years old or three years old or all those things that we, we that happen to us just because our brains are not designed to, brains multiple. I mean, we, we don't have just one, we have multiple and they are not designed really to work together terribly well. Yeah, just to be clear on that, so people who don't understand this go, what do you mean I have two brains, but there's layers. So without getting too detailed, I guess so, but you know, we have different layers of the, the brain, right? Maybe just They're actually a little separate bit units in a certain okay. way. Um, there's the cerebral cortex, the big shiny lobes we're so proud of as human beings and like to lord over the rest of the animal kingdom. Those are what do the things we're so proud of, the abstract thought, meaning, time, creativity, consequences. But those aren't fully developed until for women somewhere between 20 and 25. And for men, somewhere between 25 and 30, or as our friend Carl says, somewhere between 30 and death, like it's the last part of the brain that to be fully developed. And so your emotions come online in the womb, and then there's the oldest part of the brain, fully functional in utero, it's called the reptile brain, and it's in charge of your survival. It is separate. It's a separate operating system from the rest of the brain. And it doesn't think, it only, and it doesn't care if you're happy, it only cares that you're alive. And it has the processing power of a, the average gecko. Like it's, it's lizard neurology. And so it's got two distinctions, there's fine and there's dead. If you're not dead, you're fine. And if it thinks you're in danger based on reptile criteria, it will pull the cortex offline. So right now we're seeing a case of people hoarding toilet paper, of all things. Um, right. This is reptile behavior. Like there, nobody needs to be stockpiling toilet paper right now. There's not a, you know. Um, yeah, I think there was even a CPA that like calculated if you have this many rolls, you'll probably be okay for like some people are bought so much that they have like 10 years yes. of toilet paper. Yeah, like no one needs that in no, one month No, unless there's a bigger problem. Yeah, right. It's, um, it's reptile behavior. It takes the logical parts of the brain offline. And so um, one of the things that happened for me as a result of getting all this work done is that the, the brains became more integrated in the um, things that used to take my brain down, like I used to have to respond out of fear or feelings of unworthiness, it doesn't happen so much anymore. And so I get to actually make choices from the adult parts of my brain that are really good for me instead of just fight flight, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's amazing. And, and that goes from doing the work so that those things don't register as possible death where then the reptile brain takes over and then it takes everything else offline. So if you can 
move that away from having that fear load up every time a certain thing happens, then you don't go buy a whole bunch of toilet paper. Right. Or you don't freak out about your business or your money, right? There's a financial panic happening at the same time as the toilet paper hold. Uh, I guess people have freaked themselves out enough. Maybe that's why they need the toilet paper. They're just losing their... Um, yeah, you can insert <laughs> word now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's this is all coming straight out of that reptile neurology. It may be justified through the cortex, but it's not. It's not a human response. It's a. It's a reptilian re response, and I don't mean that pejoratively. But it's not making good decisions. Like usually, when we're making decisions out of fear, they're not good decisions. There's a right. few exceptions, but usually, it's not ideal. You know, one of my best examples. Um is when I think of like an argument, especially with your partner, right? They mm -hmm. tend to load up all those old things, right? And we and we pick them on purpose mm -hmm. so that those things, and it's, it gets better too, like through this work, I just to say out loud for everyone. But I, uh, you know, in the early years, I remember it a lot. It still happens sometimes, but you're, you have like, um, just imagine that you have so much, so many different options. And then all of a sudden you're, you're triggered or you're in a conversation and it does, that's why people call it like you get regressed. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't think of it that way unless you have um, psychology or whatever. You're just in a moment and then you say something. And then the reason you know you can be regressed and how I started noticing is like later, after I calmed down, after I got out of the situation, I'm like, oh, you know, I could have said this. Mm -hmm. I could have said that. That would have been much more useful. <laughs> she, probably, she probably wouldn't have been so upset if I said this. And I had all these options, but they were gone. In that moment, they all shut off. It was mm -hmm. like, and exactly like you're saying, it was like those parts of my brain mm -hmm. were like completely shut off. Yeah. I remember a flight attendant telling a story where the, they were at 30,000 feet and the plane was in trouble. And like it was clear to everybody on the plane that the plane was in trouble. And the flight attendant said this one guy got up and he ran and he was trying to open the emergency door of the plane to get out. Oh, my gosh. Now, even a troubled airplane at 30,000 feet, so much better than no airplane, right? But the, the parts of his brain that could make that comp uh, computation were just not available. His system did pure flight. Get me out of here. And they had wow. to wrestle him to the ground or he would have wow. killed himself. Right. And, and who, everybody who, on the plane. <laughs> right. How many other people? Because yeah. we know what happens when you open those doors. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's just, um, you know, and they, and I want to flip it for a second, you know, because we were talking about going through crisis and feeling okay. You know, all these things are happening and I'm talking to people in the last two weeks because we, you know, while we're recording this and this can go for, this is timeless, like for any crisis. But you know, when you think about what's going on as we're recording this, you know, in the last two weeks, I've talked to people that in the last two weeks, they've lost like a million dollars and all these different stories and you have all these things coming at you. And I've been really trying to help people change their mindset and work through all these tools that we have and, and all of that. And for me though, I have this inner peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, which is amazing. And I'm mm -hmm. so grateful for it. And I'm recognizing it because I know I'm old enough now to have gone through multiple crises and economic downturns. And it wasn't always that way, mm -hmm. you know. And so and partly I can give credit back to our work together. You know, I can't remember. I should have kept better track, but I've probably done your money magic program at least eight times, I want to say. You know, between because uh -huh. I did it virtually once and then I showed up a bunch of times and every time something happened for me, like you're saying, mm -hmm. something magical. But I have to share one. You know how like you were talking about money just coming from nowhere or like something mm -hmm. happening. Do you remember the time I was there and then yeah. someone who owed me money brought like four grand cash in an envelope right into <laughs> the classroom? Yes. <laughs> 
And everyone's like, and even the people that were working for you, like on the staff, they're like, who's this person? Why are they coming in? And then they walked right over to my chair and tapped me on the shoulder. I had not even seen them walk in. And they're like, here. And I was like, what? And I'm like, why are you here? They, they lived like two hours away too. I'm like, why are you even here? Like, how is this happening? But it happened, yeah. right? And all that how I didn't have to know. And I finished that class with that four grand in my pocket just mm -hmm. to have money close to me. And, you know, but all that work, um, and some people might say, why did you take the class so many times? Well, it's because every time I got something and I went to the next level yeah. of relief and knowing and, mm -hmm. you know, so every time it changed and every time I was there and, you know, there's an exercise Michelle does where you kind of do a timeline and you look at present state and then you go to where you want your desired state. And I think after the second time, maybe it was the third time, but early on, I recognized as I stepped onto my present state, I'm like, oh my gosh. This was my desired state right? last time. Yeah. This is what I was working for. I've, I've got it. And yeah. so going to your class that multiple times gave me even more gratitude to say, wow, look at I've accomplished. And then it got easier and easier. So every time I went, I was more excited because I'm like, what's going to happen now? Right? Woo, I know. Let's, let's do it. And, you know, um, I want to give you credit. And, and I know, you know, neither one was planning on promoting anything. But, you know, the thing here is that it's it's needed like the more people that have this love the more peace of mind and while all this is going on i have extreme peace of mind because i know that i'm going to be okay yeah. and a lot of it's from this work and so your book money magic and your program i can't endorse it enough i mean well, you. you know i even tell people like because of our relationship like you know i i think that first four years that i knew you i worked with you once a month almost for sure like maybe i missed yeah, a couple months but right. it and even because I remember the first time uh, you, you might laugh at this first time you're like, OK, we'll talk to you later. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, aren't we booking the next appointment? And you're like, well, if you want to. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and, I, and then from then on, I knew because you were so nonchalant about it. I Like at the end of every call, I'm like, OK, when's the next one? When's the next one? And then I think you finally got in that like we were always booking the next mm -hmm. one. But I was not going to let you go because I think one time I did let that happen. And you're like, oh, my next one's not for two months. And I'm like, what? I can't wait that long. <laughs> So, um, just putting it out there. Yeah. And I think with our show notes and all of that, I'm definitely going to give you a shout out for your money magic program because it 100% is, is life changing and it opens the doors to the things that you're unconscious of. And yeah. that's, what's most important because you know, you need stuff like what Michelle's putting out there so that you can find these things a lot quicker. And like she said, the kind of the user manual to do some of the rewiring and you can do some of the things with her book on your own because there are, um, things you can do on your own. And then it's really nice to have her direction. So if you get a chance to do her virtual program, which a lot of them are virtual right now, cause <laughs> we're, um, uh, all being held, uh, indoors a lot uh, right now, but, um, you know, thank you for, you know, I guess, you know, thank you for taking all the steps you took. Like, I mean, even in all this to get to this point, create a program that you never would have thought you would have created mm -hmm. around money. Yeah. But you're right. It is very spiritual. And I'm I'm grateful to uh, to have that. So thank you. Michelle. Well, the more yeah. people who start to actually experience that they can have what they want without having to hurt anybody, without having to sell their soul, without having to sacrifice or work hard. The more people who do that, the more people who are happier, the more people who are healthier. You don't have to, there's, you don't have to worry about competition. When you know you can create what you want, you don't have to worry about what the other guy's doing because you can create what you want. You know, you don't, we don't need war. Like so many of the things that have been a problem, like, oh, there's not enough. Actually, there's more than enough. So many things that have been the basis of our, our problems have been a feeling a lack of control 
and not knowing that we actually can have what we want in wonderful ways. So the more people that do it, just the more glorious this world gets and the happier I am to be in it. it it's beautiful. And, and, and that's like whatever people put the name to. It's like this co-creation yes. that we're that we're creating. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I kind of often say if we make more light, the darkness just goes away. You don't have to like resist the darkness. You don't no. have to, or, and whatever that is for you, you know, but if you just make more light, the, it, you know, it's like if you have, go into a dark room, you turn the light on, it's yeah. the darkness is gone. Yeah. yeah. Somebody said, oh, it's a battle between light and dark. I said, no, there's, there's not, there's light and there's not yet light, right? There's love and there's not yet love, but that's all. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's very, uh, it's very beautiful because you look at the world and, and it's hard for me to get involved in like politics or any of those things. And, and, you know, people look at me and they're like, well, you have to do your civic duty. But, you know, when I look at it, you look at all these different parties and they're, they're blaming the other party. And that's not healthy because then now blaming takes away from our power, right? Because mm-hmm. then you're saying, oh, it's them. So then now I have to wait for them to change before I can have what mm-hmm. I want. As soon as you give that responsibility away, yeah. that it's someone else. And I remember my government teacher in high school looked at me like, what party you're picking? I'm like, none of these. I read all this stuff. I don't like any of it. Like, <laughs> Or maybe I like parts of that one, parts of that one. If I could like take different pieces and collect my own. And she just looked at me and I'll never forget her looking in my eyes. And she said, if you can't pick a party, you have to make one. And and I never, I was like, I'm not getting involved in politics. But then when I look at it, when I talk to my wife, she's like, you kind of did create your own party because mm-hmm. people follow you and they want to, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, help. But it's, um, it's not a political thing for me. It's just, it's a life thing. Yeah. It's, it's our life. Yeah. Dance party. That's it. That's it. So, so I guess, you know, it's, uh, it goes back to what you're saying. The more people that we help, the more that we can have this abundance mindset, you know, instead of you know, even the zero sum, we're talking about the 1%, you had brought that up. But the reality is, uh, it's, I mean, you talk about this a lot. So maybe share like what you what you uh, this whole zero sum, you know, yeah, the zero sum. So if you haven't heard the phrase zero sum basically says if there's 10 cookies on a plate, and I take four, which by the way, shows remarkable restraint on my part. If I take four, it only leaves six for everybody else. Right? That's a zero sum. And so the opposite, and so we tend to run a zero sum around money, like what I take takes away from what's available for everyone else. But actually, do you know how much money there is in the world? Nope. Nobody does. Yeah. Nobody does because it's basically a mass hallucination of value. This is how a market can drop overnight is because nothing's changed except the perception of value. So it's not based on precious metals. Um, Anyway, it is based on a concept of value, and there actually are no limits on value. And so the opposite of a zero sum is technically called a non-zero sum, which is the most unimaginative term I can imagine. But what I've started to think of it as rather is an, um, an expansive sum. So for instance, an expansive sum, most people get this intuitively around health. Like nobody, like Esther Hicks pointed out, nobody says, oh, I've been healthy for a while. I must be making other people sick. I must be using up all the health. Like that's crazy, right? Right, right. The more people who are healthy, the more health there is. The amount of health expands. The same is true about happiness. Almost nobody says, oh, I've been so happy. I think I'm bumming the people in Darfur out, right? It's, that's crazy. Um, we, we intuitively know that the more people who are happy, the more happiness there is. So health, wealth, 
happiness. It's also true about wealth. And this is what we haven't yet stepped into, that there actually is more than enough for everybody. We're already, the middle classes now are already living better than royalty did 200 years ago. Well, I'll say that again. Middle class is living better than, royalty. than 200 years ago. Oh yeah. my God, yes. They didn't have- Than royalty. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have indoor heating, right? Yeah. They didn't have running water. They didn't have good sanitation. Like things we take for granted, you know, heating, water, shelter. Um, there was somebody at the court of one of the Louis, who's Louis the 14th, the 16th, I can't remember, but his th this courtier's job at dinner time at the King of France was to go around and break the ice on everybody's water glass because it was so freaking cold in the dining hall that their glasses would freeze over. That's royalty. Wow. And the sanit I mean, the health, my God, the diseases, right? We live so much better now than even royalty did 200 years ago. And it's the tip of the iceberg on what's possible for us. And it doesn't necessarily mean massive consumption, but it does mean we can have such high quality lives. So much is available for us. And renewable energy is probably already exists. I know of a bunch of patents that have been kind of buried because some of the companies are afraid, like zero sum thinking, they're afraid that they'll lose out if there's yep. renewable energy. Yep. Um, but it's stuff already exists. We just have to let those people know too. They'll be okay. There's enough for you too. Like you don't have yeah. to have it all. You can have more than enough, right? And you might, it might, things might change and the flow, like, you know, it's like uh, on my property, I live in a forest, right? And so I go on these hikes. Well, in this one path that I normally go on, one of the storms in the last year, a one, a, one bay tree fell and it knocked over two more and it totally blocked. And there was like, when it rained, there a stream would go through there. So, well, first thing I noticed is, wow, the stream diverted, you know, so the water still made it down the hill. Mm -hmm. It didn't stop mm -hmm. or block it. And then I was able to still go on my hike. I couldn't go the way that I normally went. I had to go around or I had to climb over the tree. It was a big tree. So mm -hmm. it's literally a climb, you know, and, um, and I, but I still made it on my hike and I still got to the top and the water still got to the bottom, you know, so things move. So even in these situations where, you know, industries have disappeared, it's happened before in history and then, but new things apply. Yeah. So it's all allowing for the flow to happen. And, you know, it's interesting too, like people talk about cryptocurrency and even one time we we're having dinner and my son had just read something about money, I guess, because at the table, someone said, I'm not doing that cryptocurrency stuff. And then my son said, oh, are you do you use U.S. dollar? And then he said, of course I do. I, I live in the United States. Of course I do. And he said, oh, well, did you know that there's only 18 percent of all American dollars printed? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crypto. So he's like, yeah. it's it's pretty practically crypto already, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting. It's you know, there's there's no. There's no quantity of, of uh, money that we know that's exact. Like you said, it's not like a stack of gold is sitting in a room and it's all, you know, accounted for in that right. manner. And this is um, right. This is the abundance that we get to live in. And let me tell you this one story, because for me, it was so illustrative of something. This woman, she took money magic and six months later, she emailed me and she said, um, she said, you know, before money magic. And, and I'm not saying this to promote money magic. There's a concept in it I actually want to share. Um, she said, before Money Magic, I, I, there was never enough money. I couldn't buy the things I wanted. Um, I, my, I couldn't make all my bills. It was just never enough. She said, it's been six months. I'm still making the same amount of money. But somehow, I'm paying all my bills. 
She said, I'm buying things I want more than I ever have in my life, and I'm saving money. Same amount of money, entirely different experience. Like her beliefs changed, and the same amount of money is doing an entirely different job in her life. Right? It's like loaves and fishes territory. We have this potential, even with what we have now, for things to multiply in ways we can't imagine that don't have to be destructive. We just have to change the filters, the beliefs we've been using. And it's like the the universe is at our back. It's so amazing. I know this is another quote, Giovanni, you'll have to help me on, but it's the... There's somebody that said the world doesn't change only through our eyes mm-hmm. is where change comes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, this This is true, right? Mm-hmm. Like we change our perception um, all the time. And that's and I can notice it now with all the work that, that we've done um, together. And, you know, so I think it's magical. So I know, you know, I mean, it is it's spiritual, it's magical, or whatever word you want to put on it. And so, you know, for those of you listening, we're, you know, Michelle and I are talking about how we both changed our lives. Both of it took from outside people, right, that mm-hmm. came in and started pointing some things out to us that were like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and using some techniques that we've learned. And, you know, I, I, I am an advocate of it. You know, like when people ask me, like, Steve, how did you do it? I'm like, oh, well, I did about four years of monthly NLP sessions. I did, uh, you know, uh, a couple of different constellations, family constellations, which helps with systemic patterns, for those of you that don't know. And I'm just really open about it because if someone's going to ask me how I did it, I'm going to say, oh, I like sat in my room and I, you know, did this or that, or I worked out harder at the gym. You know, it wasn't, you know. When any, any of those things, even for me, like I was overweight and I, I didn't have health. And you know what? I work out less, but I, my choices did change. Like I, I, some of what I would grab to eat or different things would change. Um, but it wasn't hard. I didn't have to say, oh, get on this diet. It just like happened. It's like, oh, now I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't need that or this mm-hmm. or that. You know, so just saying all the things that are possible. And, you know, you're not alone in this world, you know, like, so even just your relationships, that's why I think, you know, you know, guys used to have bowling and, you know, the gals used to go out, you know, like if you can be around friends that can be like really honest with you. But then the thing about friends, just to break this down, is that a lot of times we cluster around with the people that are like minded and we don't actually get the change we want because they're feeding us the same thing that we already know. So getting someone outside. So I do want to encourage those people that want change to seek that, you know, and there's lots of people out there that are trained in different modalities but you know also if you can't find it and you want help then do reach out to us and we can refer you to someone or i can you know connect mm-hmm. you with michelle or or you can connect with one of the uh the people that we work with um you know it is there and so i think and it also you'll probably find it if you if you start to want the change i think i didn't look up michelle mm-hmm. online i didn't uh, find you in a thing I, because i want to change you came into my life mm-hmm. just like you had the key to that door that day yeah yeah. Once you're clear what you want, then the universe will work with you. So it was already happening for you and I even before we realized. Yeah. I mean, and all of us, it's yeah. happening for all of us. Yeah. So we just have a couple minutes left here. I'm trying to think what's the what's the thing. I mean, this has been an amazing journey for an hour here with you. And um, it's always a joy talking to you and talking about this because... It's so fascinating how much both of us have changed, how much we've seen so many other people in our lives change and just the possibility of that. So I don't know, like um, I do like to 
either give that first step or that last thing that you'd want to say around like possibility, you know, something to get people to, you know, what, what, what would they do next after hearing this conversation? Well, I tell you, there's probably two things. I would say, let yourself dream about if you could have what you really wanted. And so some people use the magic wand question, you know, if you could wave a magic wand and anything could be different, what would you want? Because it's good to see if you can get those dream kind of that dreaming to open back up. It's through our wants and desires that we reach out to life. And so I would say, give yourself a little bit permission to dream and then start noticing the places. If there are places in your life where you don't have what you want, then you've probably got some beliefs there that you want to get sorted out. You know, it just makes so much life so much easier. If you're trying to, if you're going on a long distance trip and you're trying to drag behind you, you know, a ton of garbage, it slows it down a bit. The mileage is horrible. <laughs> it's yeah, it's huge, right? It's you know, and and just thinking of that, you know, then that's where you reach out. And I was just, it just brought. I don't know why it brought me to this moment, but you know, like since a lot of people maybe when they're listening to this might be looking at all the things going on in the world. But when everything crashed for me in 2012, after hanging on with the shoestring from 08, I still booked sessions with you. And I don't know if I ever told you this, but there were sessions I booked with you. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay her. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be horrible if I can't pay her because I like her so much. But uh, I would book the session and I, and then I would be like, okay, we got to get groceries too. So uh, should I do the session? Yeah, I'm going to do the session because if I don't do the session, then I probably won't be able to afford the groceries next month. And that's what happened. Mm. I worked through that and, uh, and I'm not telling everyone go spend your last dollar on this change. I mean, that was what my quest was. And I just, I had already had the experience of the change and I knew that it was that important to me, you know, and I, and, and I think this goes back to you and I, why, why we are in this, this uh, line of work that we're in, because we want people to know that this is possible and it's there and all you have to do is reach. And I love what you ended with here. Reach for your dreams, dream again, like be that kid, even childlike, you know, that one thing uh, Michelle and I like in our relationship is that having fun, mm -hmm. you know, just so let yourself go back to dreaming because I think sometimes from our childhood dreams we get into the work life and then we're like oh I just got to do this and all that goes to the wayside so um that you know let let yourself dream it's a great message to end the show on so um I really appreciate you coming and spending time with us and um I hope this is an impact for everyone on on, on the show and as always we love to hear your feedback definitely I'll easily get you in touch with Michelle and her workshop money magic um, if anyone wants to, so please, uh, connect with us. Let us know what the most valuable part of this podcast was and any other questions or even ideas, cause we're going to continue, continue to do this. So it gives me the ideas of what to do on some, uh, other shows. And I'm sure because of Michelle and I's relationship, this probably, this is our first podcast together, but probably not our last. Not. So if you have lots of questions, <laughs> then we can bring Michelle back on and ask her. So, um, uh, so again, thank you so much, Michelle, for being on the show. Always a joy, Steve. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to 
and it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients and we're doing it absolutely free so you can go to stevenopolitan.com and grab that you just got to put in your information we'll send it to you promptly and that again is on stevenopolitan.com i look forward to having you on the next show until then remember choose gratitude and create freedom This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.